You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have my friend Danielle Isbell here today. She and I connected a few years ago through the Holocene Travel Group, and we've stayed in touch ever since. And I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Danielle. Awesome. Thanks so much, Melody. Excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do. So I am a digital marketer. So that's going to be the the short version of what (laughs) I do. (laughs) Yeah, I've uh, started in the agency world. Actually, I should rewind a little bit further. I started working at local businesses and um, started my own photography business, actually. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I just sort of got interested in digital marketing and local marketing specifically. Like, how do I reach my target audience? How do I reach the target audience for, I was working at some health clubs and um, chiropractic clinics. Like, how, how does that whole ecosystem work? So I started, you know, digging on my own. And then I decided I really liked that world and that industry. And I got a job actually at a small agency in Seattle and just learned a whole bunch since then. And that was about four years ago. So I'm still actually working with them uh, just on a contract basis. I quote unquote quit my job about a year ago. And my husband and I uh, traveled. So we decided to sell everything and pack up and travel the world. And I, during that time, my agency pretty much said, hey, if you want to stay on with us and keep you know, doing projects, we'll just pay you whenever we have jobs for you. So it's worked out really, really nicely that I've been That's able to nice. kind of, yeah, I've been able to kind of keep my foot like in the door of that world with the agency and still learn and grow with that. Um, and then when my husband and I came back, we actually are in the Cincinnati area now. And instead of Seattle, we, it's where I was born, um, but it's getting too expensive for us. So mm-hmm. Amazon's kind of forcing everyone that used to be able to afford to live in Seattle out. Um, so we decided to kind of, you know, try somewhere new. So we're trying in uh, Cincinnati for a little while to save up some money. And during kind of the reassessment of what that new world looks like, I launched my own agency. So now I'm focusing on local businesses um, and building up my own clients over here. Nice. That's yeah. Awesome. So what was the deciding factor or like what kind of spurred you on to sell all your stuff, start working for yourself and just do something out of the normal nine to five? I, you know, it was, it was definitely a, a long process. It's like, you know, when you kind of get those like micro thoughts of just like, God, I wish I could travel more. And maybe what if we just lived abroad for a year? What would that look like? And it's all those little micro conversations that built, that turned into this big decision. I, along with a billion other people read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, honestly, like when I read that, I was in a job that I hated. I wasn't moving forward. I wanted to travel. And it, it kind of just shifted my paradigm of what my life could look like. Like it doesn't have to be a nine to five. You can do things on your own. You can, it doesn't have to look like building a business didn't seem as scary then. So, um, so yeah, after, after I read that and my husband came to me one day, he's like, well, what if we just sold everything and traveled for a year? 
I knew it was going to happen because he sits and thinks on things forever. Yeah, that's exactly how my husband is. He, really? Does he will turn it over and over and over again and like yeah. think through every possibility. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a little bit like, let's just do it and see what happens. Yes. And he's like, yes. uh, no. That's it. See, like that's exactly our dynamic too, which I think is good because I feel like it maybe forces us to push our husbands maybe outside their comfort zone a little mm-hmm. bit. And they're kind of forced to reel us in sometimes. <laughs> sometimes yeah. that's a good thing. When he mentioned it, I was like, okay, well, I know that he's serious about it because he wouldn't have brought it up otherwise because he knows that I would be like ready to leave the next day. But we were planning a wedding at the time. So we, <laughs> we ended up saving <laughs> about three years before, before we left. And that was including paying off the wedding. And um, I think we, we moved twice. So we like downsized during the course of that time and just really focused on saving money in that time frame. So long answer long, it was a long time coming and a lot of micro decisions that, that led to that. But I think visioning your life a different way and knowing that you can, um, I think was the biggest hurdle. And that was the biggest shift that happened. Yeah. So what was it like trying to travel around the world and work? Was that just absolutely frustrating? Was it fun? Was it terrifying? Like what, what did that look like for you? what I envisioned and what the reality was, was definitely different. Um, I did, I did not go in with the vision of like the laptop at a beach at Bali. Like I knew that wasn't the case, <laughs> but what I actually wanted to do was go to uh, co-working spaces around, around the globe. Cause it's, you know, people that work remotely is just, is becoming more normal now. And there's definitely other entrepreneurs and other, you know, even small businesses or startups that are, you know, using these co-working spaces. And so I was like, Oh, I'll make all these connections and I'll go to these co-working spaces. And what I discovered is they're all really expensive. Like even in Thailand, it was, I mean, anywhere from $15 a day and you usually get, you know, good high speed internet and, you know, free coffee. But I was paying like $5 a day for, you know, including coffee in a coffee shop. So, so that expectation shifted. We, had to kind of toe that line between being a tourist places and being a traveler. Mm -hmm. And when you're a tourist, you're like, okay, I'm going to be in Paris for seven days. And here's the bucket list of all the things we need to do. When you're a traveler, you kind of, you're, you know, staying in a, in a residence. We Airbnb most of the time. We Mm -hmm. cooked a lot of our own meals when we could. And we, we maybe picked out one or two things to do wherever we were because we couldn't afford to do everything. Like we're Mm -hmm. traveling long-term. And so building work into that lifestyle was a little bit easier. It's definitely harder when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in the city. I'm going to go see and do everything. It's like, yeah, I don't want to sit behind a computer either. I want to go do those things. But building into that, okay, well, we're here you know, for Europe was faster just because our, our tourist visa is only three months for, for us. Um, and also it's way more expensive than most other countries. Yeah, but when it's we, so expensive. It's so expensive. So when we got to Asia, we, we stayed about a month in every place and, um, that let us travel a lot slower. It allowed, you know, I still went to work in coffee shops. We still met great people. Um, and it allows us to, allow us to find that balance of, okay, like we're, we're being a tourist on these days, but we're, you know, just kind of enjoying almost living like a local on the rest of the time because we're grocery shopping, we're going to local restaurants, we're, you know, cooking at home because we can't afford to eat all, all the time and we want to stay somewhat healthy and not, you know, blow up in a balloon for 10 months eating. <laughs> amazing rich travel food. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun challenge. I, I really enjoy working remotely. So even, um, you know, working, either working at home or working in a coffee shop, like it's just, it's always fun. And the novelty of, um, the time difference between like my, <laughs> my uh, team in Seattle or clients, um, was 
kind of fun. I think I had like a, one time I had a 4 a.m. call when I was, we were in Mongolia with, oh. with, <laughs> with the service, which I opted to do. And it was like, well, we'll make it work. And oh yeah, it was just, uh, it, yeah, it's kind of a novel. I'm glad it's not permanent, but it was, it was fun while we lasted. While it lasted. <laughs> so would you not do it again? Like would, uh, have, are you considering traveling long-term again? I definitely would. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think I, I like having a home base to come back to. We're, we're kind of in an interesting transition. Like, we're not really sure where that home base is going to be. We don't think it's going to be Cincinnati in the long term. But whenever we find what that is, like, I, you know, we want to build a home and, and create a life somewhere, create a community somewhere. But traveling long term again, absolutely. And that may look different depending on the year. Maybe it'll just be a month at a time. Maybe it'll be a three months at a time. But what's like having the choice is what it's really important for me to be able to have my own business because you don't get that time off in, in the States. You know, you can't exactly. leave you for more than two weeks at a, at a chunk at a time. And even if you have a very generous vacation package, it's very rare that you could take off for two or three months. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I would love to do long-term again. Yeah. yeah. Well, might I suggest Wilmington? It is a fantastic home base. I've heard wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs> the housing is very inexpensive. We have both the ocean and the river. Oh, that's and, so nice. Water. Um, it's really hot in the summer, but at least you have the beach. That's true. Is it muggy? Do you guys yeah. get humid? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry for that, but <laughs> it's, worth it. it's worth it for the beach. Like, yeah. sorry for the podcast listeners. It's a tangent on Wilmington about how much I love it. It's almost entirely filled with transplants now. Hardly anybody's from Wilmington. Everybody's moved here from California or New York or New Jersey or wherever because it's so much cheaper. And it's such such a nice town. Like it's it's a city technically, but you can still get across town in fifteen or twenty minutes. Wow. So yeah. yeah. The only crappy thing is that there's not any public transportation. I got uh, so spoiled on that in big cities in like Europe and Asia that I'm like, man, I don't want to drive anywhere. I just, <laughs> just want to get on a train. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to find that in like in a lot of the US, I think, like unless you're like in a big city and even Cincinnati, like unless you're living like downtown, there is not great public transportation. Yeah, I mean, we have buses here, but they're not efficient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, unless you live in a big city, it's just, it's, it's hard. So that's, that's, you know, you kind of got to take that with a grain of salt when you're looking at, at smaller towns anyway. Yeah. But, Are you originally from there? No, I've lived all over. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I've I've lived all over. So yeah, I've only been here for almost six years. Yeah, almost six years. Cool. We'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, Come come visit. I'll show you around. Yes. (laughs) But back to what we were talking about. (laughs) The whole reason I thought about that is because that's our, my husband and I, that's our exact plan is we love it here, but we also don't see ourselves living here all the time. Like we want to live abroad for a year or maybe longer, but we always want to have Wilmington to come back to because my family lives here now. They moved here. Uh, my in-laws have a house here. So family is still here. We have friends here and I feel like it's a good base. And yeah. it's nice to hear somebody else say that, hey, I may not want to do this long term, but we can do it for a week or a month or whatever. Yeah. Because right now we don't have, we don't have the ability to travel really, really long term because we have dogs and my husband still has a full-time job, per- like not remote. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes I feel bad in those travel communities because I'm like, oh, I can only travel for like three weeks or whatever. And people kind of pass that judgment on you a little bit. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, you can only travel for three weeks. I'm like, 
we don't all we can't all just like drop everything at the top of a hat and like yeah I feel like most Americans get it but the rest of the world definitely has a hard time yeah Europeans are like what do you mean you can't travel for six months I know my friend and I went to uh, Argentina so it's also going to turn into a travel podcast because we're on the, we're talking about travel. Um, we went to Argentina and we we happened to work together, and so we both arranged to have two weeks off at the same time, which was you know when we before we left, you know our coworkers and our friends were like, "Wow, that's so great! The company gave you two weeks off, and you could do it at the same time. That's so great! You got that much time." And we're like, "Yeah, that's you know that's." great glad we got two weeks and went down to Argentina and then we were in Buenos Aires for part of the time and then we flew down to Ushuaia and we stayed at a hostel and the people everyone we met in the hostel was like on a six-month sabbatical from from uh-huh. England and I'm I'm from Australia but I'm traveling the South America for six months and like no one was there like in Argentina for less than a month and even if they were traveling on or from where before that like everyone was and they were like well how long are you guys here we're like Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I feel like uh, why bother? Especially Australians are like, oh, we travel for like a year. And I'm like, yeah, what? they get that gap year and it's expected. Yeah, I yeah. wish that we had that here because I think yeah. at like 18, I totally would have done that. Oh, yeah. I feel like it changes your perspective when you get to travel, too. Like, you get to see other other ways, and I think that really tailors, like, how you choose to live your life. So, it's very important. Yeah. So, everybody, go travel. Go travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you guys decided to, one, start your own business, and two, travel full-time, what did that look like for your family and friends? Were they like, you're crazy, or were they totally on board? <laughs> you know, it's kind of the business part. I, I feel like I've always had support. Like, my husband actually works... Uh, full-time now. So he's, he's not part of the digital nomad world. Um, but he, he wants to write. So he has this creative side that he wants to be able to focus on. Um, and I feel like, you know, for that aspect, his family and my family and friends have been very, very supportive for my business. I feel like everyone's been very supportive The when we decide to sell everything and travel, that was a little bit different. <laughs> our, our friends and family in Seattle, where we were living at the time, um, were very supportive and encouraging. And we got, I think the, the most common reaction we got was, I wish I could do that. And you were like, well, you can, but <laughs> just you have to change what's important to you, which you know, I, I get. So with um, kind of the Cincinnati area where my husband's family is, I think he got a couple people say to his parents, I can't believe you're letting them do that. Oh, that's because like we're in our thirties. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, we're letting them do that. Is it safe? Um, here, it's really scary. I hope they're not going to insert name of country that this person's afraid of here. Yeah. Um, a lot more concern, I think, came from here. And his parents actually were kind of the exception. They were very supportive. I think they they definitely had concerns. I'm sure as my parents did as well. But they they were very very supportive from the beginning. So it was interesting, kind of that mentality difference between the Midwest and the Pacific Northwest, where I feel like most of our our friends circle out out there. Um, in you know the Seattle area has traveled or or has done some kind of traveling, um, whereas where we are now it's not it's not as common it feels. Yeah, we yeah. we get that too. A lot of people are like, well, how can you afford to travel? Or like, why are you guys always on a trip? It's like this joke. Like, ha ha ha, you're going on another trip, and we're like, that's what we spend our money on. We don't buy other stuff. We don't. Yeah. Like it's just who we are. It's what we like doing. And people, I was explaining it to somebody else on the other podcast that I was like people in the U.S. just don't really travel that much. They, We have friends that have said they'd be fine never leaving the state. What? 
which is just nuts to me. I don't, I'm like, that's not in my DNA makeup. Right. And and it's, if it's in theirs, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't identify with that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. I don't understand it. Yeah. But yeah, I've had friends who were like, oh, jokingly, you're going on another trip or like, oh, you're going back to Japan. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we want to do. Or the people will wistfully say like, I wish I could do that. I'm like, well, you could. You could. You could sell your car. You could not get cable. You could, you could do that. Yeah. But you just don't, people make that, people don't make it a priority. Yeah, it's true. And I think people don't appreciate that that's the difference too. There's like, well, with my lifestyle, it's hard for me to save my money. It's like, well, but then you, then you have to make a change. Like then that's, you know, and if, and if you don't want to, that's okay. Just know that there's a trade-off. So it's, Yeah, I hear, you know, people say that, well, I have kids, so I could never do that. I was like, I know so many families that travel with kids. Like, and even if it's not a year, like, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But there are ways that you can travel with kids. Like, there are ways to Yeah, I traveled with my parents a lot. I mean, yes, I was an only child, but I I was, we went on road trips all the time. We, I went to Russia, I went to Singapore. (gasps) Like, those are experiences that at the time, you know, I was like eight and 12. Like, I did not fully grasp what was going on, but I'm glad that I had those experiences now because it put that seed in me to kind of be a world traveler and be adventurous and try different things. Yeah, Yeah, that's fantastic. That's so cool that you got to see those places at that age. Yeah, I wish I had appreciated it more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So back to entrepreneurial life. Yes. (laughs) Since we got on a business travel, business travel, it's all, it's all related. So what has been like the scariest thing you've encountered? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's all scary. I mean, so (laughs) yes, I I mean, honestly, like I've, I've barely launched my consulting business here. I, you know, I started working on my website and I started trying to niche down. It's like, I don't want to just go after all local businesses. And I also know that I want my business to be sustainable if we're not in Cincinnati anymore. If, if we decide to travel long-term again, like I want to make sure that eventually this can shift into a uh, continuing to be lo- location independent type of work as well. So as I was doing this soul searching and research and building my website and, um, you know, still, you know, still working with my consulting agent or my, um, the agency in Seattle, my father-in-law connected me with a local winery here in uh, Northern Kentucky. And so I landed my first client before I was really ready. (laughs) So I, I'm confident that I can provide the services that he needs. I think I'm scared about the scalability of it and, and how to price my services because, I just want to dive in and do everything. And, you know, I can spend, you know, eight hours easily on, on a project, which is, you know, managing social media and, and running campaigns and cleaning up his website and doing, tweaking his local SEO. And, and before I know it, like I've used up my entire retainer before, you know, yeah. <laughs> before it's over. It's like, okay, like that's not sustainable. So how can like, as I'm working through this, I'm, I'm trying to work and create, you know, processes. And, and then, you know, when I'm actually launching my, my agency here, I'm scared of what that looks like. You know, there's definitely imposter syndrome that creeps in that you have to tell to shut up once in a while. Mm-hmm. And um, what I like, how I want to position myself as as my as a business owner here. So it's it's all scary. Like I, my business is still located in Washington State, and um, I'm learning about what it means to live in a tri-state area mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. technically I'm in Indiana, but 
I mean, I'm 20 minutes from Ohio. I'm 20 minutes from Kentucky. And we don't know like where we're going to like put roots down if it's going to be in one of those three states. And so am I going to move my business there? And if not, like when it comes to tax time, do I still have to declare in all three states depending on where I do my business? Like, like I need, I need, I need to hire a lawyer for the first time. I need to like, it's yeah. those kind of things are mind boggling. Like, and, and they're things that you don't really, like I can go out and make money, but then, but then what? <laughs> yeah. And those are things you don't always think of when you first start your business. Cause mm-hmm. I know I kind of want those things that kind of fester for a long time. And then I was like, Oh no, I got to pay taxes. And I, Oh, I didn't account for that. And yeah. oh, like, it's scary. So now I'm like, okay, you need to, everybody needs to get their ducks in a row when you decide to start a business. Exactly. Yes, you yeah. should leap, but also plan to leap. A yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's hard to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Unless you unless you hire professional help, because it's I mean no one's going to understand your circumstances exactly. Yeah, so that's that's definitely been been a scary part. <laughs> well, I, I have a great uh, accountant recommendation if you want it. I would love that because yes. I just hired my first accountant this year. Like it's been almost six years of doing this, and I was doing my own taxes. And I mean, no one else probably cares about this story. <laughs> But I think it's so important though. And it's, it's things that people don't really talk about much on, you know, in, in this community. So, so yeah, I'm sure I, people get value. Yeah. I was, we were doing it. My husband was doing our taxes and we thought we were doing a pretty good job. And then this year we were having, I had a slow couple months, um, as you do in this yeah. world. And I was a little down on myself. And so I, we had some credit card debt and then, then we did our taxes and our taxes said we owed $2,000. And I was like, what? I have spent, I have paid in every month. What in the world? So I had to work on my money mindset and I had to pony up and hire an accountant. And she worked specifically just with small businesses online, mostly with women, women owned businesses. Awesome. And she got us back so much money. Like I was shocked. I was like, all right, you're totally worth the money I just spent yes. on that I, put, that I put on this credit card. Like, <laughs> and I, I am totally not for debt, but I have learned to acknowledge that business debt can be good because it is working towards something, which is really scary for me to talk about because I'm, I used to be like, I, I don't want to look at money. I don't want to think about money. Like, ugh, scary. And so yeah. having to acknowledge that money is good. I've been like thanking my deck for what it does for me, which sounds really wooey and creepy, but it's, it something changes when you say, thank you for what you're providing for me. Thank you for the website you ha- helped me build. Thank you for the coach you helped me hire or whatever, because that's all going to lead to something. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's a huge mindset shift. Yeah. And you're so, totally speaking my language. I love that. Yeah. So She's great. I would highly recommend on around those spheres, working on your mindset around that because it's really helped me shift and still learn how to scale in a different way. Um, I'm still working on it. I'm always a work in progress. Yeah. And I feel like it always will be, especially like people's relationship to money. And then when you're launching your own business, like it it takes it to a whole nother level because you're looking outside of personal finance and there's, there's business credit and there's other, there's so, and then taxes that apply differently. There's so many different things that go into it Yeah, and making sure you have systems set up in place, you know, as, as to make your job as easy as possible, because 
when you're an entrepreneur, like you're, you're building a business doing stuff you love. And, and if it's not accounting, like, <laughs> if that's not yeah. your superpower, find someone who can help you out with it. Cause yeah. otherwise it can be a scary pot. You're, you're building a business so you can make money. So you can't yeah. scare away from that, that entirely. Absolutely. So yeah. what is your superpower? My superpower. So I'm um, superpowers is, is working with local businesses. Um, I, I really, really do love it. I, I mean, I think I've, I've worked with so many local businesses, like as, as an employee and it's, there's something to be said about, you know, working with other people that, that want to want to do it themselves too. Like that other business owners that want to, you know, create their own, whatever that is, is, is it a, is it a, a winery? Is it a, like a car service system? Like what, whatever that is, like there's a passion behind that. And I think that's really, really exciting. So yeah, so I'd say my superpowers are really working with those business owners and helping them make the right decisions so that they can move their business forward because there's, there's so much misinformation out there and oh, a lot of yeah. business owners come to me. They're like, well, I, I'm supposed to be on the Facebook. So I need to be posting <laughs> once a week. Um, Facebook. Yeah. I'm supposed to be on the Facebook and the Google thing. I don't understand that. And business owners are in their business. And so to help them say, you know, Facebook could be great, but let's just take a step back. Where are your customers? Like, where's your audience? Yeah. And, and what, what is your reason? What, like anytime you do something for your business, like I, I want there to be a reason for it. And if it can be tracked, like that needs to be tracked. Can we, can we equate like posting on, on Facebook for your business into revenue, into business, your business? And if that's not the answer, then is it LinkedIn? Are you B2B? Like what, what does that look like? Not just because, you know, people tell me I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah, exactly. I've had those exact conversations with clients. Yes, it's hard, right? Yeah. People just think, well, my son told me I've got to be on the Facebook Mm -hmm. and and I need to be on the tweets. On the tweets. On the tweets. Or (laughs) on that Instagram or that Snapchat. And I'm like, okay. uh." (laughs) And I'm like, if your people aren't there and also if you're not going to utilize it, don't open up a thousand accounts just because it comes to Right. Definitely. And you know, it's, it's, I definitely go through this too. I look at other entrepreneurs, other digital marketers, like, wow, I love what they're doing with their social. I wish I could do that. And I've had clients come to me, like they had a a plastic surgeon that was uh, looking at, oh, what's his name? Dr. Miami who's like a, a plastic surgeon in Florida, <laughs> who's like, was on Dr. Oz. Yeah, I think it's, oh my gosh. No, it's like, it's, it's a shtick. And he's got like a billion Snapchat followers. Instagram followers. And my client was like, Oh, I want to, I want to do what this guy does. I'm like, you do understand that he has a social media team. Uh This is not like just him. And he's also creating content every single day. And so knowing that like, that that wasn't that my client wasn't going to do that. He just wanted the following. He wanted that those vanity metrics. I'm like these, you know, these, this isn't, (laughs) this isn't what you think it is. This is so much work to get to this point. You're looking at step 5,000, like you're at step like five and it's going to take so much to get from here to here. If that's what you want, I can coach you that way, but I don't think you quite understand what it, what it entails. So it's, it's kind of setting those expectations too, and really focusing on what matters because if that's your ideal people aren't on Snapchat, if you're getting 5 billion people look at your stories, like how many of those people are going to come into your office? Like, is that, Mm, how do you equate that to, again, how do you measure that with business? So yeah, yeah, it's a expectation thing's definitely challenging. Yeah. So what would you say is your, do you have any sort of morning routine or anything that kind of helps start your day to get you ready to work with clients? You know, I, I try to, I actually, <laughs> I got, I got a passion planner, which I love. 
and um, I'm visual. So I'm like, oh, good. Like I'll, I'll highlight that time that I'm spent doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then the schedule, my schedule changes. And then, you know, all the, that permanent, you know, marker and highlighter just was completely wasted. So I realized it was just taking too much time to put everything in the passion planner. But what I, I do try to stick to um, mornings, I, I either get up and do yoga or I get up and work out. Um, like do more of like kind of a hit workout. I don't do anything more than 30 minutes. I just don't have the patience, but I need to get up and get moving. I shower and I get dressed even when I'm just working from home. I could stay in my pajamas all day, but I feel way more productive and presentable even if I'm not seeing anyone and no one's seeing me, like Aww. I still get dressed. And I have been doing meditations every day. So it's kind of workout, shower, dress, meditate, have my coffee, my smoothie, and then I'm focused in for work. So like that, that part of my morning, I, I love having consistent. I'm, I'm kind of a person where I like having a schedule, but I also like the flexibility to change it when I need to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. It's like, yes, I have a routine that I do every morning that I can fit it in. <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly like me. I'm like, okay, this is what I do every day. And then I'm like, well, this morning Except I want to sleep Thursday, in. Thursday, but yeah, yeah exactly. But I want to sleep in or I have this or that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. It's sleep, sleeping in is a hard one for me. Like my, my husband luckily gets up and gets going early. So I just force myself to get up with him because otherwise I would sleep in a lot later. <laughs> well, sleeping in for me is like maybe 930. Like I mm-hmm. can't sleep in, sleep in anymore. That's something about being in your thirties. All of a sudden you can't sleep in past, you know, 10 o'clock at the latest. Yeah, no, I can't either. It's kind of sad. I kind of miss those 11 noon days in high school. Gosh, yeah. Do you remember like sleeping to like one in the afternoon? Like, good Lord. But then I wouldn't go to bed until four, so worked out fine. (laughs) Can't do that anymore either. No. Oh. Can't do it. Tangent. Hashtag old. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. What else did I want to talk about? We covered a lot. We did. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And like when I was listening to your other guests, I was like, God, like, do I even have anything to add? Like, I feel like I'm just starting my business. Like, <laughs> but maybe a lot of other, you know, listeners are too. And it's, it's, it's just one step at a time is really, it really is. All it is. So, yeah. What would your piece of advice be for a woman who's looking to start her own business or maybe has just gotten started? Um, just do it. Talk to other people that, are, that have done it. Um, find, I joined a ton of Facebook groups and communities, which I found really helpful in the beginning. But at some point, I kind of was going down, I was catching myself going down these rabbit holes of education. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to learn all these things. And before I, before I do this, I need to learn all this. At some point, you have to like stop all the input and start doing the output. Mm. Like, you're, you're not going to get it 100%. The, the first few times that you try something and just throw something out there. It's kind of that, you know, done is better than perfect mentality. It doesn't mean slack off on things, but you have to put something out there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's scary. It's really, really scary. So, you know, signing my first client before my website was officially finished was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. That is like, um, wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to take action and then just see yeah. what happens, which is terrifying. Having it is. Yeah, but it's, it's but you learn so much that way. Yeah, you know, and there's Absolutely. there's no way you're gonna get something a hundred percent right a hundred percent of the time. Like you just have to take your chance and and grow with it. And you absolutely can redo your business over and over. I mean, I've definitely I started out doing everything under the sun: social media management, blogging, everything. 
And now I'm just doing ads and strategy. So you can totally reinvent yourself over and over again. And that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like definitely early on, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely an example of what of doing that right now where I'm kind of focusing on a little bit of everything, but I'm definitely going to have to niche that down if I want to not drive myself crazy. Yeah. And also you can't do it all. Like, yeah. Like, you're going to really work all all the time if you try to do everything for multiple clients. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you find out what you're passionate about and what you're excited about and how you want to get clients results if you're going that way. So yeah, but you got to do it by starting. Yep. So get started, people. Yes. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Sure. Well, my brand new, almost finished website, um, it is live. So it's definitely the best way. So it's just Den my full name, which is DanielleIsbell.com. I figured I might as well grab that domain name before someone else does. Other Danielle Isbells out there. And my, my agency is Digital by Danielle. So that's uh, kind of working on creating all of those social links that haven't quite happened yet. But website's up and my email is just hello at danielleisbell.com as well. Yay. Awesome. Well, yeah. this has been so much fun. I'm so glad you were able to come on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Melody. It was great to talk both business and travel. <laughs> Passions. <laughs> we apologize for the non-travelers who are listening to this, but we kind of nerded out a little bit. <laughs> and for the non-travels, travel more. Yeah. Travel more. Travel more. Do it. <laughs> It's not as scary as you think. No, not at all. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.